today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Oscar Jarnicki. Oscar, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Mike. Before we get started, let me tell everyone who's going to be coming up on the show. Next week, we have Dr. James Donovan of UC Surgeons University Hospital. He's the head of the urology department. And we're going to have Dr. Ho, and we're going to be talking about Ben's health. We're going to be talking about Movember. Yes, I said Movember instead of November. And we're going to be talking about the project that they're associated with to turn Cincinnati into a, a national cancer center so that we get more money for treatment and funding of uh, experimental projects here in Cincinnati in medicine. On November 15th, we're going to have... Oh, that show is a special show. That, that show is going to air live on the 13th of November. That's unusual. That's, that will be the first time we have a live show on Wednesday. And they, they will be open for questions. And on Friday, the 15th of November, we're going to have Don Kennedy back. Don was the host on, uh, not the host, he was my guest on show number one about a year and a half ago. And he is going to be talking about small business marketing and how he markets for his business, ProMaster, uh, which is a a handyman service, a uh, mechanical-type repair service. And then we're going to have, in the following week, a show on health care. We're going to have a insurance agency that specializes in companies from 2 to 50 employees talk about the implications of Obamacare and what we should be doing as small employers. And Drew Lacaputo, which is his name, uh, will be talking about, I hope I didn't butcher his name too much, Oscar. (laughs) I've been known known to do that. Drew and I will talk through some of the scenarios for uh, Obamacare. Uh, some of the, Sa- the Sandler programs coming up are the cold call camp on the November 20th. Then we have on November 21st the program for networking called the Tip Club. That's 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. on November 21st. And our 
uh, next series of Sandler Foundations courses start in January, on January 13th. That's a, a little also unusual. It's going to be run on Mondays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So now let me tell you a little bit more about Oscar. Oscar is a uh, graduate of the University of Cincinnati with a degree in communications, a master's in hospital and healthcare administration from Xavier University. Oscar began his career in hospital administration, started his own business in 1983, and previously he was the sole owner of several nursing homes and assisted care living facilities, and he also co-owned a hotel. Currently, he co-owns Eastgate Village and the Atlantis Medical Resort and Spa. I guess that's a that's a really strong name for it, as, as opposed to calling it a rehabilitation facility. Exactly. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of value in a name. And right in his spare time, I guess in his second career, Oscar has also been a writer and producer of feature films for television. Lives here in Cincinnati. He's married, has three uh, children and a grandchild. Let's start back. How did you decide to go into healthcare administration, Oscar? Well, like so many other uh, people that uh, were in college in the uh, early 70s, um, not quite sure of what I wanted to do. I had a lot of work experience uh, in a variety of different fields. Mm-hmm. So I was exploring a lot of different possibilities abilities such as possibly looking into uh, being a chiropractor or a podiatrist. But I found out you had to take science courses for that, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't exactly excel at. So uh, actually my wife uh, had an uncle who had a, a friend who was a hospital administrator. And he said, why don't you think about hospital administration? I've never been in a hospital in the day of my life other than uh, after I was born. Uh, but that, that was my exposure to health care at that time. But I, I always had an interest in business. Uh, all of my various jobs in high school and college um, gave me a lot of good exposure to business. But I also liked the idea of how could I connect and help people without possibly, you know, being a doctor of some sort. Uh, so I went and I talked to um, this uh, contact of my wife's uncle, and I said, hey, it sounds pretty good. He said, we actually even have a program here at Xavier. So I looked into it, and, you know, that's my story. Okay, so you, you got involved with... Uh, the medical community after going through a program at Xavier. Yes, yes. Uh, I might add too, Mike, I was probably one of the few that had little to no background in healthcare at the time. Most of my classmates were had previous experience working in healthcare in a variety of different capacities. But what was so strong about the Xavier program is they specifically like to hire, uh, or excuse me, not hire, but accept um, students that had little to no experience in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And uh, with my other qualifications, I guess they decided to take a chance on me, and uh, I'm very grateful and thankful that they did. Okay. And you 
became involved as an owner of several nursing homes. I did, yes. After um, spending uh, some time working in hospitals, I always had an interest in being in business for myself. And actually, I, I had a little bit of a taste of that when I was in college. I started a camp for kids. And uh, I really liked that experience of being on my own. And I also come from a family where uh, my father always had his own business. So it was just really a matter of, of time. And I, I also found that working in huge, huge organizations kind of limited my personal creativity uh, and opportunity. So, you know, I decided after uh, the third hospital that I had been affiliated with that maybe now's the time. So mm -hmm. my, my family had um, some uh, friends who had been in the nursing home business uh, for many years and who really didn't have any proper education or training, and they seemed to do quite well at it. And I thought, well, if uh, they could do it, uh, hey, I've got some education, and I also have some training now, so why not? Okay, so what you discovered was that you could get into the business. Yes. Did yes. you buy an existing nursing yes. home? Yes. The very first uh, property that I bought was an existing one, and it was uh, in 1983 when interest rates were 18%. But at least you could get a loan in those days, uh, I mean, you paid through the nose for it, mm -hmm. but in comparison through what we just went through recently, uh, the recession and all, I mean, interest rates were very favorable, but they, nobody was granting any loans. Uh, so you wonder, why were they giving loans in 83 at 18%, but, you know, getting a loan from a bank a couple of years ago, at four or five percent was such an obstacle. But yes, I did start by buying an existing property and and went from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you just go through uh, trading up, so to speak? No, I sort of uh, developed a model uh, in my mind. One of my hospital experiences, or actually a couple of them were in smaller communities, and I, I seem to like doing business in, in the smaller uh, rural areas. And so I decided uh, my business plan would be such that uh, I was going to look for r rural or semi-rural properties, and that's the path that I followed for about 25 years. Mm -hmm. So when you said rural properties, were they, they weren't here in the Cincinnati metro? All surrounding Cincinnati, uh, in Warren County, Highland County, Adams County, other parts of Claremont County. Um, and then I also had one that was four hours from the Cincinnati uh, marketplace near Wheeling, West Virginia. Mm. Um, but I sold all of those properties back in 2006. A good time to sell. Yes. Timing's everything, Mike. Yeah, Mark Cuban says that every day. <laughs> you must watch Shark Tank. No, I don't watch him very much, but <laughs> I, I knew Mark Cuban when he was in the OCR software business. Oh, okay. Very and he good. had a product that didn't work very well. <laughs> so I got to know him much better than I than I wanted than to. Than you wanted to. Well, right. Well, nonetheless. Uh, so 
how long ago did you you and your current come together with your current partner at Eastgate Village? Um, we bought that property in 1999 from um, the original owner. The, the properties that I, I had had su- uh, success with, as well as ones that I built, but um, I, I liked to buy something that had already uh, a bit of a track record. And uh, at the time, I was looking for something that wasn't quite as regulated um, as uh, the nursing care business is and uh, was then and is even more so now. Um, so uh, this seemed to be a, a very good opportunity. I uh, happened to know the uh, original owner through a previous acquaintance and who um, the original owner wanted to retire and uh, it, it seemed like a, a good opportunity and so we bought that in 99. Um, I, I typically have liked to buy something that has at least a foundation and then um, the challenge for me is taking it to the next level uh, mm-hmm. and seeing how far I can continue to grow this particular business. Um, okay. So that was my motivation. So you, you, you bought that property in 99. Yes. And uh, you decided to build the Atlantis from scratch? Yes, we did. And, and how long did that take you? It actually uh, went up very quickly. Uh, I think the total construction time was about eight months. Uh, it seemed like the contractor that we engaged uh, was really on a fast track and got it completed and uh, we've now officially been open about two and a half months. Okay, that's good. Uh, We're going to take a short commercial break here and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm going to ask Jimmy Fox to come on and tell everyone about Tip Club. Next meeting is uh, Thursday morning, November 21st, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
Okay, this is Mike Roth and Oscar Jarnicki, and we were talking about how you got here. You, so you put up the Atlantis in short of two years. Um, yes. By the time we conceived the idea till... Uh, Tell our listeners it. what the idea of the, the Atlantis is. The Atlantis is something very different and unique that is probably a first in the state of Ohio. And by that, what do I mean? Uh, we call it a short-stay medical resort spa. So many times people uh, require some type of surgery, whether it be knee, hip, uh, shoulder, might have had a heart attack, slight stroke. And the only place that that type of service uh, would be available would be at a traditional nursing care type facility. We at Eastgate Village, many of our residents require that kind of service, and even though they're well up in years, are really kind of offended by having to go to a traditional nursing facility for that type care. So my partner and I um, thought, well, if the opportunity ever presented itself to develop our own uh, type of rehab center that was exclusively only rehab, uh, we were going to do that. Um, in Ohio, you must have what's called a certificate of need in order to uh, go ahead and offer nursing care on an inpatient basis. So for the last 30 years, there really has not been a need in Claremont County. However, two years ago, the state identified a need for additional uh, beds in the community, and we applied and were awarded um, what was called, again, a certificate of need. But our vision uh, was to do something totally different. We do not provide care for dementia patients or anything like that. Our focus is to get you in and out uh, as quickly as possible um, so that you can return to your uh, activity as, of daily living as soon as possible. Okay, that's good. The experience that I had with my mom in Florida and nursing homes mm -hmm. was that they were pretty depressing places in general. They can be, and as a result, well, let me back up, Mike, and, and say perhaps uh, why. Uh, the nursing care business is extremely regulated, as I mentioned, by what was called the certificate of need. So there's only so many uh, opportunities to go around. Um, and the reason the government, both federal and state government, uh, regulates it this way is obviously to control uh, costs through Medicare and Medicaid. Um, but so, so many of the uh, traditional nursing care facilities across the country are 25 to 40 years old and where you share a room and it just doesn't offer a whole lot of amenities where what we have created at the Atlantis, uh, yes, it is uh, a medical uh, facility. However, it has all of the creature comforts of a fine hotel in that all of our, our suites are all private, very oversized um, 
bathrooms and showers. Uh, there's a sleeper sofa in each suite to allow someone to stay overnight if they'd like. The building uh, is completely Wi-Fi uh, so that you can use all your electronic toys while you're rehabbing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We uh, have large screen TVs in each room that get about 80 different channels. So um, we've tried to incorporate as many hospitality ideas as possible. But our hallmark is really our uh, rehab gym. We all have the latest in technology there, including an aquatic therapy pool that has an underwater treadmill. And we believe we're probably one of the few um, in the state of Ohio that might have something as sophisticated as the piece of equipment that we have. So it, it stays on the water all the time? The treadmill does, yes. Uh, even like the electric motor to run the treadmill? Uh, it, it, it doesn't uh, have a motor? It it does have, it works on hydraulics. Oh, okay. But um, as you know, the therapeutic value of water on joints uh, is so, so valuable. And um, there's been such documented evidence of, about the benefits. So, again, my partner and I had no interest and duplicating something that might already be out in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be different. And throughout my entire business career, Mike, that's been my mantra, being different. I'm not interested in doing what somebody else is doing. Yeah, I've, I've been over to the Atlantis. It's a, it's a wonderful-looking place. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you so much. The uh, it, it just you know leads to two, two conclusions. You ought to be selling some space to the Cincinnati Bengals who have injuries. <laughs> yeah, it's, actually that idea has come up now a couple of times. It's a shame they've had so many of their defensive players um, sustain some pretty significant injuries. Several of them are out, as I'm sure you know if, if you watched last night's game. <laughs> I tried not to watch last night's game. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the type of surgeries that people might have where they fit into the Atlantis arena would be things like hip replacement or knee replacement? Hip, knees, shoulders. Um, How long would someone stay who had a, uh, a knee replacement? Well, we've had them as short as five days to maybe two weeks. It just really kind of depends on each individual. The idea is to give the individual as much therapy as they can handle mm -hmm. so that they can return to their activities of daily living as quickly as possible. Um, we've seen a, a good variety of age groups too, which we had anticipated. So many of the baby boomers um, have, have these types of injuries because obviously we don't want to give it up yet. You know, we right. think we can still play uh, tennis or football or basketball with, you At know. At least until age 90. Yeah, right. So as a result, we're, we're working our bodies probably a little harder um, and longer than maybe we should. But nonetheless, um, what we've tried to design and come up with would be something that would be acceptable to all age categories, particularly the baby boomers. And that's one of the reasons we put the... Um, creature comforts that we have into the into the uh, community so that 
you would feel comfortable. I had a friend who had knee surgery probably three years ago, and he's a single fella and um, had nobody at home to look after him. And so I highly suggested that he go to get some rehab somewhere, and he did, and he, I think he lasted a day. He said, hey, there's a bunch of 95-year-olds around here which you know have all kinds of uh, memory and dementia issues, and I can't use my uh, my computer. Oh, I can't yeah. use my laptop. I can't do this. I can't use my cell phone. He says, I can't take it. So that, believe it or not, was one of the reasons that we've decided to do what we've done um, to try to address those kinds of needs. Um, so I he could not go home because he lived alone. Exactly. Okay. And even some people who have a significant other uh, may not want to. You, you got it. Now, uh, you have therapists on staff there to, to work the people yes. through the gym and the, and the pool? Yes, yes. We, ha- we have a full complement of uh, the various disciplines of therapy from uh, physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and we're soon going to be adding a uh, massage therapist as well. Oh, really? Yes. Medical massage therapy. Okay, but but none of the uh, exotic stuff like hot stones. Not at this time. I can understand that. I think some of them are, are pure fakes. Yeah. But it, it's good to hear that you have the, the therapists on staff, so that when people stay there, they can get more than one one-hour therapy session in a 24-hour period. Most Most people are getting therapy at least twice a day. Um, and again... The whole idea, Mike, is for you or anyone that would come to the Atlantis to regain your normal activity as quickly as possible. Now, one of the things that's also very important is regardless of the wonderful surgery they may have had and regardless of our our great staff, but if you're not motivated, um, the great surgery and the great staff at the Atlantis may not help. So you've got to be motivated and you've got to want to do this in order to regain what you're used to doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it seems like you're stacking the deck in favor of the patient by putting him in a, in a really positive environment. Exactly. Uh, we like to call it uh, patient-centered care. Um, we're, we only can accommodate 30 people so it's very small. Wow, that, that, but very, that's, a, that's a big building you have. Yes. <laughs> Only 30 guest rooms? 30 guest rooms, and so it's small, very private, um, and, and gives everyone an opportunity to to get um, what they're looking for, a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been open for now how long, two and a About half months? About two and a half months. Mm-hmm. On average, how many of your guest rooms are we, occupied we, at the moment we've been averaging about 15 um, we've purposely gone um, a little bit slow because obviously we want to be able to deliver on what we're telling people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're able to do and um, plus with the volume of people coming and going all the time um, there are those that are with us for maybe four or five days, and then there might be some for a couple of weeks. 
So there's a constant and steady flow of people coming all the time. So the but Atlantis really is a short-term stay Short-term. And we advertise it that way. And when you actually come in and sign what we call our admission agreement, it says in bold uh, print that we are not a long-term care kind of community, that our focus and vision is strictly short-stay. Good. Oscar, we're going to take a uh, short com commercial break here. We'll be back after these messages. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513 646 6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. Draw me a picture of your sales force. 5% at the top. You know, the overachievers who are successful no matter what. The 65% in the middle, when things are good, hold margins at least once in a while. And, of course, the pink slip candidates. You know the ones in your desk drawer. You hold out hope that they're going to do better and never do. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Does that sound familiar? Pretty typical sales for us, huh? The problem is the bottom feeders suck up the profits that the top producers work so hard to hold, and the mediocre ones in the middle, they barely hold enough to stay on the payroll. Are you willing to live with that, or are you ready to make some tough changes? For over 15 years, we've been training, coaching, and mentoring owners, managers, and professional salespeople who are committed to taking their careers to a higher level. To find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger, register now for our next open house. Call me at 513-646-6523. Okay, this is Mike Roth and Oscar Jarnicki from the Atlantis and Eastgate Village. Oscar, before we continue talking about your current project, Eastgate Village, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, career in Hollywood? Okay. Thanks, Mike. Um, how I got into filmmaking really goes back a little bit towards college. When I was a um, student at the University of Cincinnati, I took um, some classes in film appreciation where you'd pretty much just sit around and watch a variety of different movies and, you know, critique them. So I've always had a fascination and interest in um, film. In my, when I owned um, these previous nursing facilities, I would tr typically travel 200 miles a day going from one location to the next. And w when you have that much time by yourself in, in, in a car, you, you know, you get different ideas. And obviously I love music. I still play in a rock and roll band. Um, and I'm listening to all kinds of stations and uh, CDs and a variety of different types of music. And 
I started coming up with different ideas, and um, I can't say that I'm uh, have ever really written anything, but I started writing down some of my ideas. And as time went on, I thought that um, these different ideas might have some potential as it relates to a a film. And I probably sat on what I wrote, Mike, for eight, nine years thinking, Mm -hmm. who knows if this will ever go anywhere. I read an article um, in the Cincinnati Enquirer about someone in Cincinnati that had uh, done a film and had some pretty good success with it. And I thought to myself, you know, someday uh, that might be somebody I need to reach out to. Lo and behold, I'm at a graduation party uh, several years ago, and that individual happens to be there. And I said, you know, uh, I'm familiar with with your work. I I read an article uh, in a couple of different places about what you were able to accomplish. And um, I have an idea that might be of interest to you. He said, well, do you mind sharing it with me? So I described it a little bit. He said, well, let's get together. So we got together, and um, the next thing you know, he says, you know, I I really like this, and I think it's got some uh, real potential. I said, well, that's that's fine. He said, we really need to take what you wrote and put it in the form of, you know, a real professional script. I said, okay. So nonetheless, um, he did that and brought it back to me few weeks or month later he said well how do you like it I said I like it very much not thinking that you know this might go any further than just that mm-hmm. the next thing he says is well we need to go out to um, meet some people out in Hollywood and I said well what am I going to do there <laughs> I'm a you know kind of a healthcare guy mm-hmm. and um the next thing you know, we're on a plane and we're talking to a variety of different people uh, about making this a movie. And he said, well, what do you think about all that now? I said, well, I, I think it's, that sounds great. So nonetheless, um, Jim Amatuli, uh, who I've worked with uh, in this um, venture, um, continued to pursue some different uh, opportunities, and the next thing you know, we've engaged a, um, uh, a casting director um, because Jim had already started planting some seeds um, with the story um, with a variety of different people, and um, so that was the next logical step was engaging a casting director, and. Um, this casting director had some ideas for people to play various parts. And I said, okay. She said, do you have any ideas? And I said, yes. And uh, I ran some by them. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, some of those people didn't quite work out. But I guess the point, Mike, was from what I used to sit and make notes driving along Route 32, uh, between Highland and Adams County, 
the next thing you know, people are, are talking about um, making my ideas into a feature movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and lo and behold, that's that's what happened. Um, and what was the movie called? It's called Flying By, and it stars um, Heather Locklear and Billy Ray Cyrus, and also an Academy Award winner who passed away a few years ago. Uh, some of maybe your older listeners would recognize this name, the great Patricia Neal. And actually it was the last movie Patricia Neal acted in before she passed away. Um, but uh, the movie actually came out in 2009 and was featured on the Lifetime Television Network uh, for quite some time. And I'm not sure if it's still on, if they're still showing it now or not. I'm but, sure you have DVDs of it at Oh, yeah. At the, the, DVD, the DVDs are available anywhere you can get DVDs, Netflix, um, uh, or, you know, it's uh, in any retail outlet as well. And it's also very popular on um, pay-per-view cable throughout Europe. 20th Century Fox has the exclusive rights to develop um, different uh, distribution outlets throughout uh, Europe. And um, as a result, it's it's been very well received in Europe uh, as well. So, Are you ever going to do a follow-up movie? Well, it's interesting that you asked that. Um, I, I don't think there's any question at some point I will, but like everything else, there's, there's a time and a place. And I think I'd like to do things a little bit differently this time because the market's changed just like every other mm-hmm. business. You know, nothing stays the same. And so obviously you've got to be able to adjust. Um, we had a, 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 a the opportunity really to... Um, have this film in the theaters also, but uh, what happened was the recession hit, as we all know, in um, uh, 2009-2010, and the distributor uh, at that time pretty much said to us, uh, you know, the distribution costs would be uh, our expense, which is typically the distributor's expense, and at that time, we had already had a television deal and a um, DVD deal as well as a foreign deal with um, uh, 20th Century Fox. So Billy Ray Cyrus, who was very heavily involved in this movie, uh, kind of uh, took me aside and said, hey, if I were you, I would just take what you got and just pass on the on the theater. Okay. So that's a great story. By the way, what instrument do you play in the rock and roll band? Um, I can play the bass guitar, but I really don't anymore. Uh, I'm more of like a front guy, a combination front guy, MC. I'm the guy that sort of gets everybody involved and makes sure everyone's having a good time. I'll let you sing along with with us and that kind of thing because I have a cordless mic. If your wife's not dancing, I'll... I'll uh, dance with her if you want me to, and all of that good stuff. So do you work at clubs, or is this a Saturday night entertainment at the Atlantis? Mo- mostly private parties. Mostly, mostly private. Mostly private parties. Okay, that's good. Uh, I think what we'll do here is take a uh, another short commercial break, and we'll be back in about two minutes. In a world of quick weight loss, extreme makeovers, and everything else at warp speed, it makes sense for salespeople to expect instant results from one-day training programs. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. 
I'm the most experienced sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Do you think the number one golfer in the world learned to play at a seminar? Of course not. Without daily practice, coaching, and reinforcement, he'd be an 18 handicap. So why would you try to build your professional sales skills and your career with a quick seminar and a $79.95 rah-rah session? For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523 to find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house. Call me at 513-646-6523. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth and Oscar Janicki. Oscar, you had a lot of years of management experience. Perhaps you can uh, share with our listeners who are other CEOs, uh, company presidents, and some wannabe presidents, uh, a leadership tip, something that you've learned, maybe a leadership tip or two. Even though, Mike, I've had the good fortune of having a wonderful graduate education at Xavier University, and by the way, nobody paid me to say that, but uh, I feel very fortunate to have had a a great, great um, education provided to me at at Xavier. Um, I've learned that the type of business that I'm in, it's very important to be out seeing employees, talking to employees, listening to employees, listening to customers or patients um, or the consumer, whatever you'd like to call them. But um, so my style of management many times has been management by walking around. And I know that's probably an old um, school approach, but for me it it has worked and it has allowed me to identify Um, market needs so that I can respond quickly to what's happening in the marketplace or what our guests or consumers are wanting. Um, That has served me quite well as opposed to sort of a hands-off kind of leadership approach. Mm -hmm. Now, it's surprising because there's probably 25% of the leaders like you, Oscar, that we've had on the show that has said something almost exactly like that, lead from the front. Mm-hmm. I, I find that in, in my profession, because so many of my competitors are owned by large national chains and the fact that um, we are locally owned and operated and managed, 
is an advantage, and I try to um, plug that every opportunity and take advantage of that every opportunity I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the opportunities and possibilities are for you? What, what are you going to do next? That's a good question, Mike. Um, I've never gave it much thought recently just because the Atlantis has consumed so much time because it is a new product line that, again, is really not available to our knowledge anywhere in Ohio. Actually, my partner and I traveled to um, San Antonio, Texas to see a comparable model and also Denver, Colorado, where we saw sort of prototypes for what we wanted to do. Um, There's no question I have an interest still in doing some other entertainment uh, projects. Um, We recently had quite a conversation with one of the major television networks who I think will just go unnamed at this time other than than being one of the big four about one of the projects that uh, I've been working on too. And whether that comes to fruition, I have no idea. But the old saying, if you never try, you don't know. Yeah. And you only get what you ask for. So Right. And there there's so many networks out there today. Yes. You know, I <laughs> But this this is one that like I say, I'll I'll just say they're one of the big four. ABC, NBC, CBS or Fox. Okay, so they're one of one of the top four. Yes. Now there seem to be about a hundred. <laughs> right. There are definitely a few networks out there today. Yeah, I went to a uh party last year not not even a year ago. And one of the guys at the party was a, a big-time producer at the History Channel. Oh. He was the guy behind the, the series they did on the Kennedys. Oh. That's They've got some interesting shows, though, whether it be American Pickers or Pawn Stars. Uh, they've got a formula. They've, they've, got, they've really got a success formula that, that they're, uh, they're pretty strictly following. They, they they do, and they there's a production company out of New York that pretty much puts on all of those different shows for them. I, I actually wrote uh, them because I, I had a kind of a bone to pick with them in that the, the, I, I enjoy watching Pawn Stars, but it's really not a real pawn shop. I, I worked in a pawn shop as one of my jobs in college, mm-hmm. and we, we, we didn't get all these bizarre items coming in. Cincinnati pawn shop, though. Yeah, it was a You're Cincinnati. not Las Vegas. It was not Las Vegas. You're right. I mean, I had a business in Las Vegas for a few years. Crazy stuff does happen in Las Vegas. Well, exactly. I understand. And the other side of it is uh, people will bring in their special items just for the shot of being on TV. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, you're right. What, what happens in Las Vegas is totally different than many other parts of the country. Right, right. There's the Strip, which is another universe, and there's the rest of the town, which is a, a pretty nice residential town. Yes, it is. It- uh, let me ask you this question, Oscar. I, I always like to ask our, our guests we have a, a theory of operation here in business that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. And if you want to solve a complex problem, really solve it. You have to use a equally complex solution to solve it. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you ran into in the healthcare industry and the equally complex solution that you uh, implemented to solve it. Probably one of the biggest 
issues always facing healthcare, at least my segment of healthcare, is regulation. And you have all of these bureaucrats designing all of these complex um, regulations, um, and some are, are of some value, and but many are not. And nonetheless, they add to the cost of healthcare. And like so many other industries, our our profession could benefit greatly by some regulatory reform. And I think as we talk about the cost of healthcare just continuing to escalate, um, nobody's really looking at the regulatory side of it and and what that actually costs. To me, healthcare should be something that shouldn't be taken for granted, but it's amazing how much attention it is getting in the media, whether it's television, newspaper, every form of, of, of medium. Healthcare has become a major, major issue. But again, so many of the problems um, are caused because of the regulations that are imposed on whether it's my segment of the industry, physicians, hospitals, and, and the list could go just on and on and on. What's the answer? Obviously, Mike, it's not an easy answer because as long as I've been in this business since 1977, it's continuously been uh, a concern. And I don't care who's been in charge in Washington. It's it's constantly been debated, footballed around, and no real answers, uh, which is, is very disappointing. So, Oscar, how many uh, different agencies regulate you in the kind of work that you're in now? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question, Mike. I've never really thought about adding them all up, but there's the Department of Health and Human Services on a, on a federal basis. Then we have the uh, State of Ohio Department of Health. Then we also have uh, local health departments that govern um, some regulatory power. The, 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 I think healthcare has been compared to only to the nucleatory uh, regulatory uh, area in dealing with nu nuclear issues as being having more regulations. So, so if I if I were to you know station myself in your lobby, uh, how many ins agency inspectors would come in in a month? Well, at the Atlantis, um, which is actually licensed as a skilled nursing facility because there is no such licensure for a medical resort spa. So we, in order to participate in various insurance programs, we had to license it that way. Typically, we're subjected to an annual inspection. But if anybody, whether it be a consumer, an employee, anybody that wants to just pick up the phone and say, you know, I was at the Atlantis, and, you know, I, I didn't like the way somebody talked to me. Well, within a couple of weeks, some surveyor or inspector from the Ohio Department of Health will be right on our doorstep doing an investigation that might last a day. It might last two weeks. 
and you have to provide the manpower to take this investigation exactly. through. Exactly. We have to stop whatever we're doing to accommodate this this um, investigation. Hmm. And those happen on a random basis. Totally random, and they can happen on weekends, anytime, 24-7. And actually, the government has sort of made it a practice to come at very oddball times. So they'll show up at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Very common. Very really? common. Very yeah. common. 8 o'clock on Saturday night's not unusual. Really? Yeah. Really? Nothing, nothing is unusual anymore. What, uh, what was was and what is is who knows anymore so talk to me for a minute about the uh, the food service that you have at the atlantis the food service program that we have at the atlantis is also very hospitality oriented our approach is to try to offer a, a variety of different selections typically very similar to what we do at eastgate village at eastgate village um, we offer six different entrees to choose from on any given day. Um, will we offer that many at the Atlantis? Probably not, but we are definitely offering quite a selection because, again, consumer tastes and preferences are different today. But one of the things that sort of we have to take into account is the fact that in a medical facility we have to deal with special diets. So if somebody's used to eating four ways uh, every day and wants to come into a medical facility and they're on a salt-free diet, uh, and uh, you know we're obviously not going to be serving them four ways. Well, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yes, and sometimes that's always an but issue. But what about what about special diets? Because we have a lot of uh, people with diabetes in the in the right. uh, in the population, do you, you accommodate them? Absolutely. By being a skilled nursing facility, we have to accommodate uh, all kinds of special diets. Absolutely. Gluten free. Yes, yes. Although that that hasn't, I don't think that has presented itself yet, but I'm sure it will. Although there are people out there in the in the population that have that. There's somebody that, and obviously I will not mention names, but we had somebody who wanted a cup of tea at night. Well, fine, but, you know, she didn't want it to be in the microwave. It had to be, you know, boiled water at such and such a temperature. But this is the kind of consumer that I think as time goes on, uh, the baby boomer is going to be expecting a lot more because we're used to a lot more. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we expect more. So the Atlantis is geared to something like that as well as Eastgate Village. Mm -hmm. How are you uh, advertising or promoting the sale of the space that you've created at the Atlantis? At the Atlantis, right now, we haven't really done any um, paid advertising. We um, pretty much have an internal marketing person who has been working with doctor groups as well as hospitals. We have a website um, that gives you a virtual tour of the property, uh, theatlantis.com. And um, I think pr predominantly our um, business so far has been generated by our internal marketing person calling on doctors, hospitals, uh, and actual individuals who are contemplating having surgery. And actually, 
we would like the approach to be such that if you know you're going to have knee surgery or shoulder surgery or whatever in the near future, that you come and check out our property in advance and then actually make a reservation just as you would for a hotel or any type of resort. So that way, when you go to the hospital, Mm -hmm. the hospital doesn't have to be involved in the process and you can just tell them, hey, I've already made all my arrangements at the Atlantis, and when they're finished with you at, the, at whatever hospital you're at, they just call us and say, hey, Mike Roth's ready to come. Or are you ready to accept him as your next guest? Okay, so, so yeah. do they drive themselves there or medical they're usually, ambulance? They're usually transported by some type of uh, tra- ambulance company, transportation company, or family oftentimes, mm-hmm. too. So um, that would be what our ideal situation would be, is people would actually book a reservation in advance so Mm -hmm. that we can plan for your stay. And we've had many already do that. When they heard what we were doing, they had come in and saw that what we are and said, hey, I'm going to have surgery in three weeks. I'm coming here. Okay. Which that's, that's what we're looking for. Makes a lot of sense, Oscar. Uh, I want to uh, thank you for being on the show here today. Uh, I appreciate you coming down, and in appreciation of uh, coming down, I'm going to give you one of our Sandler books, the 49 Sandler Rules. You'll find a million dollars in there, and uh, <laughs> I can use it. Yeah, I got probably... big mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. That's a beautiful place you have out there. Well, thank you. There's a training calendar and a free pass. Come into one of our classes as a guest. We have a management class in November and December, okay. Thursday morning, I believe. And, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 Seven five three nine four zero zero.